You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome to episode 16 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds. And I'm delighted to be joined on the line by the editor of the bulletin. It is Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, doing well, thanks. Good to, good to be back speaking to you. Uh, yeah, missed quite a bit of football over the last few weeks, so uh, yeah. Yeah, excited to be back. Good. Well, I'm glad to have you back. We benched you last week due to sort of yeah. diaries fa- failing to, uh, to to come together, but I'm very pleased to have you back, um, not least because I'm really relying on you this week to do a lot of the heavy lifting, because <laughs> I am feeling decidedly unwell. I've got a touch of the old man flu, which um, which kept me off the sidelines at the weekend, actually. I... Uh, stayed in the house with the children, and anybody who's got young children knows just how ill you have to be to do that voluntarily. Because I can imagine. I was like cats in a bag, mate. It was terrible. Anyway, we won't go there. What we uh, we've well, we've got a fantastic podcast lined up um, for the listeners today. Um, our interviews are with um, Ray Johnston, the the Hallen manager, and John Allen from uh, from Canesham Town. So so two great characters. Um, to to have a chat with about uh, Western League football this week, um, but without any further ado, um, we'll we'll take a, a look back at the fixtures last week. Um, Longwell Green and Wells enjoyed a, an absolute ding dong uh, on Tuesday, which we uh, we did speak to uh, Nathan Truckle about that on uh, last week's podcast. So I think we'll we'll have a little bit of we'll have a bit of Les Phillips Cup action. It was the first round, wasn't it, Tom? Yeah, so there were uh, four ties uh, last Wednesday evening, so yeah, quite a lot going on, uh, and I'll quickly run us through those those games. Uh, so we had uh, Cadbury Heath knocking out Devizes, uh, despite a hat-trick from uh, Jack Hopper uh, for the away side. Uh, he's, yeah, completely uh, banging form at the moment. Second hat-trick in the space of four days, that was for him. Uh, but Cadbury Heath managed to come from behind to progress to the next round. Danny Hallett levelling things to make it three all uh, nine minutes from time. Uh, before Sasha Tong uh, completed a, a late turnaround for them, 88th minute winner there, so Cadbury Heath progressed. Uh, we also had a big win for, for Clevedon. Uh, they beat Bridport 4-0, a couple of goals for Jack Sell in that one. Uh, there was another home win, uh, that was down at Beliso Park, where uh, Plymouth Parkway uh, knocked out Cribs. Uh, Adam Carter and Stuart Yetton firing them to a 2-0 win. Uh, and uh, Willem were also 2-0 victors. They were away at Wellington, and that was goals from Luke Mortimer and Joe Curtis. So, yeah, that's uh, Willem uh, through to the next round as well. I think that, that uh, brings us up to date with the with the Les Phillips Cup first round, and, and there was a draw, wasn't there, also made last week for the for the second round? Yeah, indeed. Uh, there is one more tie still pending, but apart from that, we are, yeah, completely bang up to date. First round done and dusted. Uh, so, uh, the second round draw, which uh, games are going to be played in the midweek, a uh, couple of weeks' time, uh, last week of uh, November. Uh, so, we've got Ashton and Backway United versus Cadbury Heath. Uh, Bridgewater take on Roman Glass and Jordan, that's the big one. Uh, we've got Bridlington versus Buckland. Uh, we've got Cowan, they take on either uh, Wing Canton or Caution. I think they play uh, either this week or next week, can't quite remember. Uh, but yeah, those two have still got to play their first round tie. Uh, we've got Chipping Sudbury Town versus Shepton Mallet. Uh, Canesham versus Clevedon. Uh, we've got Wells City hosting Plymouth Parkway, and then finally we've got Willand. Uh, they take on Oddbound. Excellent stuff. Well, that brings us up to Saturday the 10th of November, and we start with a nine-goal thriller in the Premier Division between Buckland and Bitten. Yeah, quite a crazy game, this one. Uh, Buckland probably wondering how they didn't come away with all three points. Uh, in complete control, 3-1 up. Uh, just after the hour, Ethan Phillips, Ryan Bush and uh, Cam Kelly... 
uh, giving them quite a quite a substantial lead. But uh, Bitten, um managing to find some of that goal scoring form that had them among the among the early uh, early early season pace setters. But it was a uh, yeah new signing Asa Corrick. You've made a had a great impact for his new club, scoring twice. And there was also goals from Josh Egan, Ben Bamman and Kane Ingram. Uh, and, yeah, the away side scoring four goals in the final 23 minutes uh, to come from behind and claim a, yeah, mightily impressive 5-4 win away at Buckland. Absolutely, stuff. Uh, matters were a little bit more one-sided between Clevedon Town and Willen Rovers. Yeah, Willen really uh, hitting their straps now. Uh, six of the last seven, uh, ending in wins in all competitions. Uh, a 4-0 win away at Clevedon, who's, uh, yeah... Struggled a little bit of late after a really good start to their season. Uh, Brad Austin uh, striking in either half for the away side, and there was also a goal from uh, Craig Duff pretty late on, uh, and a Josh Shell penalty earlier in the piece. So yeah, Willand uh, a good 4-0 win, and uh, yeah, a good crowd there as well, which is uh, yeah the second uh, three-figure attendance for the games we've uh, we've mentioned so far. Yeah, 115 were at um, at that game at Clevedon Town. Um, slightly less. It would be fair to say uh, watched Hallen against Brislington. Yeah, indeed. Uh, but Hallen uh, ending out two-one winners uh, in this one. Uh, there was a goal from Daryl Charman uh, helping them uh, to, to, to go ahead in the first half, and then it was Kalen Simpson uh, scoring the second uh, in the early stages of the second half. That was uh, to make it two-nil, and yeah, they managed to hold off the uh, the challenge of Brislington, and uh, yeah, Hallen taking away all three points. Well, we haven't had Ray Johnson on the podcast yet this season. Of course, um, Ray and I did the commentary for the Les Phillips Cup final last season, and um, great company he was on that occasion. I know he's a keen—he's been a keen supporter of the podcast um, since we started. In fact, when we started, he was at Odd Down, but uh, he's at Halland now. So I thought it was long overdue for us to have a chat with Ray, and I started off by asking him about that victory against Brislington at the weekend. Yeah, I mean, I'm pleased with the result. If you'd have given me that before the game, I'd have took it. But uh, we were quite sloppy in certain areas. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, delighted with a win. I mean, you, you must have caught Brislington on a good day because they're very much a, a Jackal and Hyde team, I, I feel. You know, they're on their day, they literally can beat anybody in the league. Literally. I, I, Brislington's always a side I hate playing against. They're, they, they can always be tough, make things difficult for you. Um, you know, obviously... Actually, sets a side out good. Play, you know, he sort of models a side in the way that he, you know, when I used to play against him. So, um, now they're 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 a tough side, very well organised usually, um, and like you say, it's one of the fixtures I don't look, generally look forward to. Now, I mean, I've just referred to them as being a Jacqueline Hyde team, but the same thing could be said about Hallen, couldn't it? I mean, not many people would have thought you'd be the only team in the league to take points off Westbury this season. Yeah, and we were unlucky not to get more. Uh, I think you said you were there on the day, if I remember right. Um, yes, yeah, I was busy trying to keep my children off the pitch. Oh, well, that's easier said than done, I suppose. <laughs> the um, Now, fortunately for us, a lot of our best performances have come in games where we haven't taken all the points. We were good against uh, Bitten and um, deserved at least a point. We were very good against um, Bridgewater, and 1-0 up with two minutes to go and lost. Uh, very good against Westbury and didn't get all three points. So it's unfortunate, but um, we've we've got too many sob stories over the last few months, and we've got to sort of start being a bit more ruthless now and stop making excuses. We just got to get those wins on the on the board now. And um, with Saturday, you know, we again we nearly found a way to lose a game with a you know with a few silly mistakes. But um, like you say, that will come with time and continuity. 
So you find yourselves 11th in the league at the moment. I mean, that's comfortably mid-table. Do you think that's about right when you reflect on the start that you've had? Well, the last three or four seasons, I think Hallen have finished sort of like third or fourth bottom. And the key was for them to get more stability as um, for this season. And I think already that that's already shown. I still think there's an absolute bucket load of improvement for us to do uh, on the pitch. Uh, but I, I quite enjoy the lads that we've got that, if I'm being honest, they're such a really good bunch of lads, and most of them, quite a lot of them, make me laugh quite a lot. So I just I'm desperate for this lot, this this group of players, maybe adding one or two, to um, start looking up the table rather than over our shoulder. And re- realistically speaking, what what were your aspirations for the team at the start of this season? Well, for for us, it was just improving uh, on what what they've had have had. I mean, if we finish mid table, um, that would be I would call it fine without being spectacular. Um, that's not where I want us to be sort of looking at the at next season as such, but, um, you know, as and when we can get the settled squad. I mean, to be fair, I did hear, um, I heard Perksy on here um, a couple of weeks ago uh, talking about if, if he gets his full squad available every week, he'd be a sight to be reckoned with. And, and, and that sort of, that was something that hit home, really. I, you know, that was something that... Um, I completely understood where he was coming from. You know, I've never seen so many stag do's and weddings and God knows what. The, the excuses are, are are unbelievable. Well, you've uh, you've got a massive game coming up at the weekend. You're away to a resurgent Bradford Town. That's not going to be easy for you, is it? No, I couldn't have hit that at a worse time, could we? But we'll um, but we'll go there and uh, we'll we'll go there look, with a game plan, looking to win it. Um, you know, uh, it'd have been, it's a shame we didn't catch them at the start of the season, but it is what it is. We, um, But like I say, against all the top teams, you know, and I consider Bradford to be a top team, you know, we tend to put on a good performance. Hopefully we get a different result out of it, you know, but yeah, like you say, it's a, it is a, it, that is a tough game to, that is a tough game to come. Well, if that's a tough game to come, then looking at your fixtures in November and December, it's a good job that you do perform against the biggest opposition. You've got your old club odd down coming up soon. Then you're away at Plymouth Parkway. You've got Bitten, Roman Glass St George, Cadbury Heath, Clevedon and Willand Rovers coming up um, all up to the uh, the Christmas period. I mean, that's um, that's that's a, that's a real tough run-in. No, we, we'll just take each game as it comes. And like I said earlier, if we, get, um, if we can get our full squad available to us, then um, we're a match for anybody. I genuinely believe that. Um, the boys are starting to listen a bit more um, to the tactics that you know we're trying to put on with them, and um, you know, like I say, if we get full, if we can get our full squad down, I'm sure that we can be competitive in every game. Well, let's look at matters off the pitch now at Hallen. You had a very big weekend at the club. Um, Liverpool and England legend John Barnes was down, and he opened your new 3G training facility. Yeah, it's a good facility, and I, I and I, I'd actually say he was a Watford legend, to be honest. Um, <laughs> No, it is a good facility, and, and the work being done by Andy Hicks, Lee Fairman, and, and others have been has been nothing short of unbelievable. Really, that when I first came in uh, towards the back end of last season, they made a lot of promises about this is going to get done, that's going to get done, and they've been good to their word and, and then some. So, yeah, I can't, I've got nothing but praise for the for the people at the um, for the committee and and for what they've done. But like you say, we we've, we've revamped the clubhouse of which like John Barnes was the speaker the other day. Um, the 4G is available for rent and stuff, so it should provide another source of income for, for our side. Yeah, no, things are definitely looking off off the pitch. 
I mean, it's obviously an opportunity as well that facility is um, going to be available for your for you and your team to train. And if we look back at what you know what happened last season with the massive cancellations, that's going to be that's really important to have that opportunity, isn't it? To to, to keep the to keep the lads warmed up. No, of course it, it will be. But I think if you if you look back through the record, I think um, due to Hallands pitch being like being really one of the one of the better ones in the league in terms of its drainage, at least. Um, I think they finished in April. Um, whereas there was, I think by the time we finished, I think there were there were some teams that still had seven or eight games left to play. So I mean, hopefully that stays the same this year. Um, but in, in, you know, it's it's incredible. You know, it, it's it's um, hopefully that's a bit of a game changer for the club, really. Cause it, the more money we can, we don't have to. Sh- you know, we we get a bit skint sometimes, obviously. You know, there's, there's not a lot of money going around our club, but hopefully that will provide. A a source of income into the into the club, and B um, stop us from shelling it out elsewhere. If that makes sense. Well, I mean, getting John Barnes down for that event mid-season. I mean, I know we we know a lot of the clubs will do a big sort of end of season um, dinner where they get uh, you know a legend down. But to do that at this time um, uh, was a very eye-catching um, event. And you know, you talk about the importance of getting money into the non-league game. Of course, one important aspect of that is getting the crowds up. So, do you think that that event and this facility is a statement of the club's intent to put yourselves more out there and, and try and bring more fans through the gate? Absolutely. I mean, I think I think what the the vision that our club has, uh, it, they're trying to do it quite organically, if that makes sense. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to promote the um, youth section as much as anything. Although, the, and then hopefully in the period of three or four years, the youth section that they've got will continue into the under 18s which in turn will then provide a you know a source of, of, of player potential for the first team. You know, and then people get more. Um, the local people will be more in tune with the first team, if that makes sense. So, I think bit by bit by bit, you know, we're, we're trying to make the facilities better for the you know the match day experience, if you like, for everybody. I mean, it's, it's a nice it's a nice place to be at. Bit by bit, I'm hoping that the crowds do increase. But like you say, it, it will. It's a it's a very long term vision that the club have got. Well, with, with the likes of um, Willand uh, coming to um, uh, the Halland Centre over the next couple of months, hopefully that won't be too difficult to get a few more people through the gate. The key's just going to be to keep them there, and I guess that's going to be about um, you uh, you carrying on um, s- some positive form. But, um, Ray, thank you very much for the time. I've got a feeling we're going to be speaking about Halland quite a lot over the next couple of months because you're going to be involved in some pretty big matches. Well, if you're, if you're speaking to me, then it means that we're obviously winning a few games. And I'm guessing it's taken you a while, a few weeks, to get me on in the first place. Um, the last few weeks that we haven't done so well on the, from the results point of view. But um, no, it'd be good to speak to you again. And like I say, thanks for having me on. That's no problem, Ray. It's, 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 I blame your agent. Your booking fees are too high. Yeah, well, you get what you pay for, I think. <laughs> and my thanks to Ray for his time. Now, Hengrove, they've been in. Well, they've been in poor form, haven't they? Since um, the start of the season, it's been a. It's been a not been the greatest start of the season at all for them. They were coming up against a Wellington side at home who uh, themselves have um, have found winning um, hard to come by. So uh, something had to give here, Tom. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and it was uh, fortunately for Hengrove, they, they were the ones that uh, managed to get the three points. Um, yeah, I think their uh, losing streak in the league had reached double figures. So, uh, yeah, this is a much-needed victory for them. And it, it came early, uh, their goal. Uh, two goals in the opening 20 minutes, both headers from Jack Fillingham. Uh, yeah, just like Hallam, they managed to hold off the challenge of uh, Wellington. 
they did get back into the game uh, through Conor Bryant, but uh, yeah, they weren't able to force home the equaliser, and uh, yeah, Hengrove uh, claiming the, the, the important win, a uh, 2-1 victory at home to Wellington. And finally, for our Premier Division roundup, we go to Plymouth Parkway, where the visitors were Bradford Town, a top-of-the-table clash. Of course, Bradford have been in fantastic form ever since Wayne Thorne um, joined as manager, um, but um, they came unstuck on the road here. Yeah, they did. Uh, this game was uh, level uh, just before the half-time, uh, and it was 2-all at that moment. Aaron Bentley having uh, put Plymouth, uh, Plymouth Parkway 2-0 up pretty early on uh, before Will Halliston and then Dan Costle managed to to level things up so yeah um, looking like it uh, yeah, a pretty close contest but Plymouth Park managed to pull away Adam Carter uh, finding time just to, to put them 3-2 up uh, and then it was Mike Williams 7 minutes from time completed the win and uh, yeah Plymouth Parkway uh, taking uh, the 4-2 victory there Boss, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Toolstation. But it's a... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Toolstation website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock, hit this button, thanks hand, and it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get out of the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect another helping hand from Toolstation. Your best mate for the job. Now, into the first division, and we start with, um, well, rampant Chard Town. They were on the road at Ashton and Backwell United, who themselves have been in good form, um, but to the away side, the spoils. Yeah, indeed. Uh, the latest team to hit the top of the table, Chard, now a 3-1 victory away at Ashton and Backwell. This one, uh, three goals in the space of 20 minutes, really turned this one. It was Max Westlake, uh, Nathan Warren, and then Ryan Paris, uh, so helping them come from a goal down. Uh, after Ashton had taken a, a lead, uh, and yeah, and it was a three-one win for Chard. So yeah, they, as I said, they are the new league leaders at this moment in time. Close game here. Only one goal in this game uh, between Bishop Sutton and Sherborne, but it had more drama than Downton Abbey. Yeah, uh, a fair few uh, dismissals, uh, and yeah, the game decided in the 95th minute, a penalty, uh, and it was Bishop Sutton who uh, managed to. To claim that penalty and it managed to convert it as well. So Reese John, the, the hero for them, uh, as I say, five minutes into into stoppage time, uh, firing home the penalty, holding his nerve, and uh, yeah, leading Bishop Sutton to a, a one 0 win uh, over Sherborne. And as you say, uh, yeah, pretty dramatic, uh, dramatic afternoon there. Well, it just goes to show, doesn't it, that if you're a football fan praying for a last minute winner, it does help if you've got if you're supporting a team which has got Bishop in the name. Indeed. There we go, boom, boom. Well, from one bishop to another, um, we go from um, Devizes Town. They were, they entertained Bishop's Lydiard. Yeah, and an uh, equally dramatic game uh, down at Nursey Road. Devizes uh, coming out with a one 0 win. A good crowd there, and uh, yeah, Bishop's Lydiard certainly had their chances. Uh, a penalty uh, midway through the second half. Zach Ryder, uh, he saw that saved unfortunately by Adam Walters uh, in the Devizes Town uh, in the net. Uh, and then the ten men uh, after divided they had a man sent off for uh, yeah, uh, leading to that penalty, uh, managed to claim the winner four minutes from time. Ali Bradley and yeah, giving divided the one 0 win and yeah, as I say, plenty of uh, plenty of drama in the first division this week. Now we move on to Canesham Town, where the visitors were win Canton, but it, this time it was the home side that was at the races. Yeah, it was. Uh, they came away with a two-one win in this one, uh, having gone ahead pretty early on in the first half. Uh, for a, a towering header from Michael Grist. Uh, Wincanton did manage to get back on level terms uh, with a deflected effort. Not quite sure who scored for them, unfortunately. Uh, but then, yeah, Kane managing to, to claim the winner. It was Matt Brown, scored plenty of goals last season. 
pretty late winner in this one. I think he flicked home you know, sort of 10 minutes from time to, to claim the three points. And, yeah, Canesham up to... Now, I would say that Canesham Town are one of the most talked-about teams in the First Division, particularly when it comes to talk of promotion. Not just this season, but ever since Tom and I have started doing the, the podcast, managers have been talking to me about the much-fancied Canesham Town. Of course, their consistent top-of-the-table finishes have, um, have borne that out, although just missing out on promotion each time. Well, they had a bit of a funny start to this season. They've had a bit of a wobble, but they do seem to have got back to winning ways in a very congested first division. So certainly not out of it. And if anything, right back in the mix. So I thought now was a very good time to catch up with their manager, John Allen. And I started by asking him for his thoughts on Canesham's start to this season. Yeah, I mean, obviously from our point of view, um, it's been a disappointing start, but only in the terms of results. Um, our performances were generally good. We had a couple of 45-minute spells where we weren't particularly great. Um, uh, but just went through a spell where we just couldn't kill games off. I mean, the countless goalkeepers that had man of the match awarded to them after after playing us was, was getting a bit silly at one point. But, yeah, I mean, that's football. Um, it was a disappointing start, as I said, you know, apart from results. But uh, the performances we felt were good. Um, we stayed, we stayed pretty calm for that period. Didn't get too bang about it. We knew the quality we had in our changing room, and uh, you know, we continued on, and we now seem to be uh, picking up. I did mention, of course, you're one of the most talked about clubs in the Western League, and always in yeah. contention for promotion. Is that how you see yourselves this season? Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, I've said this before on a podcast. I don't think any manager starts, you know, starts the season, you know, and wants to aim higher. What a difference to anyone else. Um, you know, we, we want to be in the Prem. There's, there's no doubt about that. I think the club as a whole, you know, is growing in that direction. And, you know, that's what we want to be. You know, obviously last season was pretty hard for us to take. Um, it was an incredible season for us as a club. Um, you know, the old saying goes, what don't kill you only makes you stronger. Um, and we have the experience and we know what's required to try and get out of this league. So, yeah, we go again. You know, and we're looking to try and get back into, into the Prem where the club was, you know, eight or nine years ago. I mean, last season was an extraordinary season, wasn't it? That title race yeah. that went on up until the final day, basically. Um, I mean, do you think? I mean, was it? Was it? Do you regard it as extraordinary that you you were battling it out with two teams of the caliber yeah. of uh, Westbury and Roman Glass? Well, yeah, you, it was an incredible season. I mean, it, the running was you know, nip and tuck all the way. I think we were top. Roman Glass were top. Westbury were top. You've only got to look and see what West, Westbury and both Brim and Glass have done, have done this season in the Prem to see how strong the three of us were. Um, and also how strong Division 1 is uh, at the top. Uh, Westbury have had a fantastic start to the season in the Prem. I don't think they've changed that many players. Um, and I think Roman Glass, I think Andy's got virtually the same squad and also more than all in their own. So, you know, it was a, a tough tough one for us to take. But, you know, to put things in perspective, I think Kane should have been in... Tool Station League now since 1972, and we collected the most points ever in the in the club's history in a division, um, and scored the most goals ever in a season. Uh, and it still wasn't enough. So you just have to tip your hat to Roman Glass and, and, and Westbury, uh, lick our wounds, and come back stronger. Now let's talk about that game against um, Wincanton. Um, they were a side that's recently beaten the former league leaders, Welton Rovers. So were you happy with your performance on Saturday? Um, yeah, we were. I think it was again in, in, in phases. You know, we were very, very, very good, and, and then other times we had and had, had phases in the game as well. I mean, this. I walked off the pitch at the end of the game. We won two one, but I just kind of said to myself, this, 
this kind of sums this league up. I think Wing Canton were 15th or 14th on the day. Well, for me, they were, they were the two, two or three of the best teams we played this season. Um, I thought they were fantastic on the day. Probably slightly disappointed they didn't come away with anything. Um, but, you know, as I said, that, that little bit of quality we have got us over the line. But, you know, that's this league. That's, that's Division 1. You know, you can get beat by anyone on, on, on your day, as I've heard you mention many times on, on this podcast. Now, um, you lost at the end of the month to Chard, uh, who now are yeah. the division leaders. What did you make of them? Well, we lost to Chard, you know, fair play, they took the points. Um, that was a game where, as I think as I walked off the pitch, their goalkeeper got announced as man of the match, and that probably tells you everything you need to know. Although, you know, they're a very good side at home. We, everyone knows that. Chard is probably, when you look at the fixtures in the start of the season, I think, you know, everyone looks for Chard away because you know that's, that's going to be a really, really tough game uh, down there. Obviously, the pitch and, and I will set up this down there. But they're a good side. They're up there. But as I've said to many people, you know, I wouldn't get too carried away what's going on in, in November. Um, if you do and you get complacent, uh, you know, this league historically can catch you up a little bit. Um, so, yeah, good side. Um, I thought we were slightly unlucky on the day. Uh, again, another goalkeeper that seemed to have a, a fantastic afternoon against us. Now you're away at Portishead this weekend. Um, Portishead have had a, a an upturn in form in um, in recent weeks, so that won't be an easy game for you. Never is. It never is. I think Port, we played Portishead last year. I think they were fighting straight in the bottom three. They came to us. We beat them one nil, and they were probably one of the most organised sides we had played. So again, look at their result. I think when Welton were in the top two. You know, they went to Welton and won 3 0. So, again, it just highlights this league. You know, the minute you get ahead of yourself or get complacent, you know, you'll get beat. And that's the nature of, of, of Division 1. That's why it's a slog. That's why it goes right, right, way to the end. And I, have, I truly believe this season will go all the way as well. And um, you've got Clevedon um, of the Premier Division, of course, in a couple of uh, weeks' time. That's in the Les Phillips Cup. Is that a competition yeah. that you'd like to do well in this season? It certainly is. Um, since I've been at the club, um, although we had a fantastic campaign last year, we had, before playing Bishop Sutton in the, in the previous round, we hadn't won a cup game in any competition. So, uh, yeah, not the, uh, we were looking to obviously trying to go on a few cup runs. So, yeah, it's certainly something we'd like to have a go at. We played Cleveland pre-season. We drew to all. It was a really, really good game of football. Mickey's got a really good young side down there, and they, and they played the right way. So, especially on our pitch, where it actually lends itself to you know, a good game. If both teams want to pass, then it should be a really good spectacle. You've alluded to this uh, a couple of times in the interview. We do talk a lot about the fact that um, any team can beat any other team on their day in the first division. And when I, when I reflect upon that, I wonder if that is actually a reflection upon the styles that different sides like to play. You've got teams that like to play football, they like to get it on the ground. You've got other teams that are more physical and you've got other teams that are more direct. So do you think that there's, if consistency is the key to gaining promotion and it certainly seemed that consistency was the key in the title fight last season. How do you overcome that blend of different styles? Well, I, I think you just got to have a little bit of everything, really. I mean, as I said, our style is, especially with our pitch at home, we, we like to play. Um, last year, we kind of had a chat as a, as a group and said, look, when we go to these pitches, certainly through the winter, where it's obviously the, the pitching is as true as ours, you know, we have to slightly change our style of playing, and I think we adapted really well that last year our away record was really good last year and I think in previous years maybe that's where occasion comes slightly unstuck everyone's got different styles I mean you know we played Khan at home this year and I thought they were brilliant 
and I thought defensively they'd improved so much. Very organised, um, you know, sat on the ball and, and made it hard for us. But then you've got your Cheddars who are always going to come and play really, really good football inside. And I was impressed with Wells as well. Obviously, my old club down there and Nathan's done a, a brilliant job putting a lot of faith back into the talented under-18s we had coming through. And they were very impressive in playing kind of counter-attack football. So lots of different styles. Um, as I said, I think any team in this league right now even now, this, this still this quite early stage, can we've got to run together, you know, get that consistency. I think everyone still feels we're going to shout we're getting out of this league. One final question, John. Um, one of the things I love to reflect upon in the uh, in the podcast is the is the support that um, that our sides get. And one of the things that um, you know we're very keen to do with the podcast is to spread the word about how wonderful Tool Station Western League football is. Now. Your club um, have got fantastic attendances. They've they've had that over the past few seasons, but this season in particular, um, you seem to have captured the imagination of the people of Canesham. You've got a, an average attendance of about 147, from what I can see. How important is that to you as a football club and you as as you push for promotion into the Premier Division? Yeah, it's a, it's a brilliant point. I mean, last year we were really proud of our, our average crowd. Last year, I think we were in about 127, 128. So already this season, it was up again. Um, I think I said on a podcast last year, it was a big town Kingsham and it's getting ever bigger. And, you know, within the club, we're trying to promote it within the community. Obviously, we have a facility at Kingsham which, you know, lends itself to games being on week in, week out. Um, but also, it's also the fact that a big town is getting that well supported. It's helped me bring players and attract players to the club that want to play in front of crowds of that size. Um, players who have left, you know, big clubs to come to, come to Kingsham where we have no budget but to play in that environment, you know, they're playing in front of literally 150 and more sometimes uh, week in, week out. Um, it's something we're really proud of. I mean, statistically, if we're just behind Bridgewater and Plymouth Parkway, two big clubs at this level, and you know, third best supported team in the Western League is something uh, that we're, we're really proud of and looking to increase even more. And my thanks to John for his time. Radstock, they've had a difficult week this week. They've parted company with manager Shane Smith and uh, it couldn't help them on the pitch. Um, Longwell Green were the visitors and the visitors took all three points, Tom. Yeah, they did indeed. Uh, Radstock, unfortunately, a fourth consecutive league defeat this one. Uh, Simon Millard uh, had scored for them, but unfortunately Longwell Green, uh, with Darren Carter and Luke Bryant getting on the score sheet, uh, able to yeah claim the two on when it's after objects, as you said, disappointing. Uh, disappointing week uh, for Radstock. I'm sure they, yeah, have had better better times of it. But um, yeah, Longwell Green coming away with the three points. So I'm sure they'll be uh, they'll be happy with their afternoon's work. A mile down the road, a team that would have been even more happy with their afternoon's work were Carn Town. They travelled to former league leaders Welton Rovers, and um, they they dished out something of a thrashing. They did a bit. Uh, a nine match unbeaten run, Carn are now on in all comps. So uh, doing extremely well as things stand. Well, and obviously going in the other direction form-wise, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, Calm running out 5-1 winners. So yeah, really, really hefty away win this one. Stuart Windsor uh, doing absolutely brilliantly at the moment. He scored another two goals. Uh, and there was also a brace for Matt Jenkins. So yeah, pretty comprehensive victory for Calm away at uh, West Clues. And that concludes our roundup of the fixtures um, last week and at the weekend, of course. Uh, now we look ahead to the upcoming fixtures. Um, <clears throat> won't dwell too much upon uh, the week because um, many of the listeners won't have even. Uh, most of these games will have happened by the time the listeners um, get round to consuming this week's podcast. Although there's that um, 
Les Phillips cut first round game. The one game that Tom was talking about earlier, that's on Tuesday, uh, the 13th of November, when Canton entertain Caution. And we've got some interesting County Cup games. I say interesting simply because we've got Cheddar taking on Froome. We've got Welton taking on Bath in the Somerset FA Premier Cup. And uh, in the Wiltshire Senior Cup... Khan entertained Chippenham Town. Be interesting to see how strong that side is that they put out. And uh, Devizes Town uh, entertained Melksham Town. Now, those are two places that regular listeners to the podcast will probably know that I'm rather familiar with and I have rather stupidly volunteered my services to commentate on that match. So if you've got nothing better to do on uh, Tuesday evening, you can, if you follow me on social media, you'll be able to pick up the link to hear Devizes take on uh, what well, we don't know how strong the Melksham side will be, but I think we're expecting it to be reasonably strong and it will be interesting to uh, to commentate on my first derby in the heart of Wadworthshire. Um, moving into Wednesday, we've got a couple of games uh, in the Premier Division. Radstock take on Porton Rovers. That's, um, that's quite a juicy tie in the Somerset um, FA Premier Cup. And not to leave Wiltshire out, on the same day, Bradford Town take on Salisbury, of course, man- managed by... Pompey legend Steve Claridge. So uh, that's another juicy tie for the fans to get their teeth into. But the real meat and drink of our league is on Saturday the 17th of November. And what is your pick of the Premier Division games, Tom? Um, I've gone for Bridgewater versus Oddgowns. Obviously, Bridgewater, uh, top of the table, so not exactly uh, yeah, exactly a tough one to select. But um, yeah, Oddgowns, up in seven. I think they're probably surprising a few people. Seven wins. Uh, so far this season, they're doing pretty well. I think um, obviously pretty tight in the uh, in the middle of the middle of the table. But you know, you never know. Um, if they can they can get something from a Bridgewater game, they're going to give themselves quite a bit of confidence uh, going into the, the sort of Christmas period. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I kind of kind of see an opportunity for Down to to make a bit of a statement away at Bridgewater. Well, I was going to pick out originally Roman Glass against Clevedon, but. Then I saw Bridport were at home to Plymouth Parkway. Now I think Plymouth Parkway are back in, they've they're back in winning form, uh, and Bridport. I've just, I don't know whether I've got some hardwired behaviour, but I just keep on feeling that Bridport, <coughs> Bridport are a very difficult team to beat. They're a, uh, now I'm, the league table and their results this season isn't really bearing that out. So I've got a feeling that this could be the last podcast where I make that. Uh, observation and um, it probably come back and bite me and it's one of the reasons I'm not a career gambler because I'd have lost all my money by now but um, I don't know I just got a feeling that Bridport are going to give Plymouth Parkway a good game there you go uh, a chance to prove it isn't it yes absolutely right now what about the first division Tom what tickles your fancy a bit, uh, bit obvious selection unfortunately I've gone for the top team again so Charlestown and other just like Bridgewater there at home but they take on a divisive team certainly capable of scoring gold and they've got someone in Jack Hopper uh, in really good form. Obviously, a couple of hat-tricks recently, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, down in eighth at the moment at the time of time of recording, but, yeah, only five points off the top uh, and a couple of games in hand. So, in theory, if they won those two matches, one of which, um, yeah, would be uh, against Chard, of course, um, yeah, they'd be <laughs> moving at that table. So, Devise is certainly a team to watch and, yeah, a trip to Chard on Saturday uh, certainly gets me pretty excited. In previous seasons, um, Cheddar's match against Radstock would have been a top-of-the-table humdinger. This season has uh, not necessarily proved to be the case. Cheddar are um, going with the form book, definitely they're very in very good form. Radstock have uh, <coughs> really yet to get going. Um, so I've gone for the Battle of the Bishops, and um, I've been sucked in by the classic marketing ploy 
Um, there's nothing about the league table that suggests this will be a great game. But when you get when you get Bishop Sutton playing Bishop's Lydiard, in my opinion, you, you can't look any further than that. The Battle of the Bishops. Let's see who the greatest bishop is after that. In fact, we should yeah, if we ever did a phone-in on the podcast, which really wouldn't work, then um, who's your favourite bishop? Would be, it would be up there. I mean, one day we, we, we may find that in the Western League we have Bishop's Cleave. We could, have, we could be up to three bishops. Have a triple threat. That, well, that's absolutely superb knowledge there, Tom. Are you a fan of the WWE? A little bit. It used to be. Not anymore. I am. I am. I'm 39 years old, and I, you, you can't beat a bit of Braun Strowman. You can't beat a bit of Brock Lesnar. There you go. I do know these people, which, yeah, which makes, makes, me, makes me a fan, I suppose. Good, good. Um, right then, well, this isn't the WWE podcast, it is the Toolstation Western League podcast. And with that in mind, Tom, would you like to take the listeners through the runners and the riders in the Premier Division? Indeed. Uh, so obviously, as we've mentioned a few times, Bridgewater currently top. Uh, 15 games played, so they've played the most uh, of any team in the division so far, but obviously the points are, points are in the bag, so they'll be happy. They've got 35 of them so far, uh, 11 wins from those 15 league matches. Uh, we've got Willand in second, they've played two games less, they've played 13, they've got 32 points. Uh, and then a further point back, uh, we've got Westbury, 11 games played, 31 points. So, yeah, they've only dropped two so far, so they'll be very content with their start. Uh, and then we've got a couple of teams on 24. We've got Bitten, who's only played 10 matches, uh, and then Clevedon, who's played 14. So, uh, yeah, still plenty of movement, I just thought, there with, uh, yeah, different teams having... Uh, a number of different, uh, yeah, different matches, uh, number of matches played. So uh, yeah, plenty of room for movement, as we said. Uh, and then at the bottom, uh, unfortunately, Shortwood, 13 games still played, 13 defeats, uh, no points as of yet. Uh, we've got Hengrove, who picked up a, a vital victory. Uh, they're in 19th, 13 games played, they have six points. Uh, and then we've got Chipping Sobbury on 12 from their 13 games, and then a couple of teams on 13 points in Bridport and Bridlington, uh, who'll be looking to move away from that relegation area. So, yeah, that's how things stand in the Premier Division at the moment. Well, as Tom's already alluded to, Chard Town currently sit on top of the First Division, played 14 and they've got 29 points. They've got a two-point cushion. Two points, you say? Mm. That's nothing. Well, actually, it isn't a huge amount in the First Division because, frankly, every other position is separated by only one point. Calm Town are in second, played 14, they're on 27. Cheddar in third, played 11 on 26 points. One of four teams on uh, 26 points, including the likes of Canesham Wells and Welton Rovers. Corsham Town, only one point behind Welton Rovers in the table on 25 points. And frankly, that's really the story all the way down to Ashton and Backwell in 10th, um, on 23 points, above Longwell Green, who are on 21, and then Sherbourne Town on 17. So, I mean, it's incredibly congested. If a side can go on a run of two or three games in that division, I don't care where they are, even if we go all the way down you know, to the bottom um, uh, you know they're, they're going to they're going to shoot themselves into contention yeah. at the bottom of the table. Um, Bristol Telephone, strongest team in the league, holding everybody else up there. Played fourteen, they've only got four uh, four points, and then above them, Portishead Town, fourteen, three wins now on nine points, and one point ahead of them is Radstock Town, fourteen played, ten points on the board. So it does not get any more entertaining than in the first division of the Tool Station Western League. I mean, it is the championship to professional football's um, Premier League. Uh, Very unpredictable. Any side can beat any side. Fantastic stuff. And great crowds as well. It's good to see so many of our clubs getting three-figure gates as well. Tom, thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. 
Thank you very much for doing all the heavy lifting today. I'm, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of, I think I'm in, I'm in, I'm in a sort of lemsip fueled haze, really, which the listeners were probably worked out um, uh, on the grounds that I'm starting talking about wrestling towards the end of that podcast. <laughs> so I need to go and have a lie down in a, in a dark room. Before I do that, um, I must ask you the time-honoured question. Obviously, we're going through your excellent bulletin. That's already on the website, isn't it? Yeah, that was uh, yeah published on Sunday, so that should uh, should be easily accessible on the homepage, and then also there's a tab along the top, so you can download that uh, in PDF and then Word format as well. And are your excellent words in this week's non-league paper? Yeah, indeed, a couple hundred words on the uh, the Premier Division matches, which took place on Saturday. So yeah, that's in the Step Five Six section uh, in the non-league paper. Excellent. Tom, thanks again for your time. It's been great speaking to you again, and I look forward to catching up with you this time next week on the Tool Station Western League podcast.